Hello and welcome to the Legends of Tabletop podcast. We're getting ready to jump into our uh, interview episode 191, one of our regular episodes. We don't do this very often anymore, but David had reached out to me uh, to come on to speak about Everlore. So I want to welcome uh, David and Anthony from Manchild Limited. How's it going? Hey, guys. Greetings. I feel like there should be some clapping for us. Right, yes, yes. You know, big shot. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so, <laughs> um, yeah I'm, I'm David Thompson. Uh, this is Anthony Friesen. And um, yeah, we are from Manchild LTD. And uh, I'm just glad that you um, responded, you know, and, um, you know, we, we love to tell you guys about our new tabletop role-playing game, Everlore. So uh, ask any questions you got. And um We'll, we'll try not to make too big of fools of ourselves, but no guarantees. <laughs> well, you're in good company here. <laughs> well, I, let's start with the most boring question, I guess, right? The one that probably gets asked all the time. How did you both get into gaming? All right. Uh, well, when I was younger, um, both of my parents are ministers. And so when I was probably about 15 or so, I started playing Dungeons and Dragons at a friend's house. And um, I played it for about two or three sessions. One day I came home with a migraine and my parents were convinced we were summoning Satan. <laughs> and so they were like, eh, no more. Um, so that was the end of that for several years. Um, so it wasn't until I moved out and went to college that I was able to start gaming again. And um, so at that point I started going to just various, you know, places to try to see where I could fit in. Um, and so I played um, a couple of different systems, maybe for a total of one to two years altogether. Um, but I kept sort of running into different situations where, you know, I'd want to play a character that looked like me, you know, with brown mm -hmm. skin and things like that. And I would get, you know, the the DM saying, oh, well, you can't do that because in this region, you know, they don't really exist, you know. Right. And so right. I had to play, you know, some blonde headed, blue eyed, you know, Viking type character or whatever. Um, and that just never sat well with me, you know, because I couldn't be me. And right. so that's why I started thinking, like, you know, what what do I do to to get my dream out? Um, and I started talking to other minorities who were into gaming and they had a lot of the same experiences. Um, and so that's sort of how I started thinking about this. But what about you? How did you start into gaming itself? Into gaming itself. Well, uh, it, you know, kind of starts off just like any other, you know, young Midwestern child. You know, you just play games on the computer, you know, consoles. Jack Daxter was it like a really big thing I was into for a while. And, you know, just big on playing the games with my friends and stuff. And uh, eventually one day I was at the pool at our uh, local area and I saw... Big man Dave here, just, you know, jotting away at a, I think it was a piece of paper you had with like the little black box you keep all the, you know, drawings in. And uh, I just asked like, hey, what are you drawing? It looks really cool. And he was just telling me it was about like this priest character he was, you know, designing for this, you know, ambitious project he was working on. So I was talking to his son, Caleb, who's uh, on the stream with us. And 
you know, we came up, we were starting to concept this, you know, kingdom of uh, empiric bug people. <laughs> and uh, eventually Dave caught on and he was like, yeah, no, that's really sick. Do you want to, you know, concept some more creatures just, you know, every once in a week? And I'm like, of course, that's sick. So we come in, we, you know, come up with the idea for some creatures. I think one was like a shadow panther. Mm. And then, you know, we had the muskroon, which is like this big mushroom brute. And then, you know, for the final one, we have the Androni, which are like these bug people who live in, you know, giant kingdoms of dirt mounds. And, you know, they uh, have a bunch of dealings with gods and stuff. And ever since that, you know, it's been my uh, main outlet into tabletop role-playing games was Everlore. Oh, nice. Yeah, no prior experience. I think the only <laughs> time that I got into other tabletop role-playing games was that I saw, like, a Dungeons & Dragons stream. But, like... Well, it, it's funny because I remember... Um, now I've known Anthony, uh, he, he and my sons used to be on the same swim league. And mm -hmm. so, um, I, I've known him since he was probably six or seven or so. I would have been and, like nine. Okay. About yeah. nine. And I remember once we were at a swim championship and th this little Anthony was running around and he had a bunch of other little kids with him. And they and he was like I know exactly and he, he was like he was like DMing them, you know. <laughs> and and it was just so funny because I was sitting there drawing and listening to him. Oh no, and you do this, and and there, there was there was no dice, there was nothing. There was no and, dice. We just took a piece of chalk that was no, yeah. it wasn't a piece of chalk, it was like mulch and it was like one side was lighter than the yeah. other and so it was like <laughs> you have to hit the light side three out of four times or else you miss this attack and and the kids <laughs> and and they they were clueless but they were enthralled you know and and so which it, it was just so funny listening to that um and then you know about three or four you know probably two or three years later mm -hmm. is um when i think he was around 13 or 14 is when um you know I started meeting with him and my youngest son uh, once a week at the local rec center um, just to, you know, talk about different creatures and things like that. Because I always want kids to believe in the future and believe that they can do something. And so I thought, you know, he was he was enthralled with something that I was doing and I liked his energy. And so I wanted to make sure that I was able to keep promoting that. And um, he had some great ideas. And when he and Caleb got together as my son, you know, they would just go crazy places. The creative right, right. energy was just explosive. Yeah. You know, and so, um, you know, he's still around the day. So mm -hmm. he must be doing they, something right. They couldn't get rid of me just yet. <laughs> well, that's a cool thing about, you know, especially with games and kids, because they – you know, there's there's no limitation, right? Like, oh, we'll just flip a piece of you know piece of bark over, and like, cool, like I'm all in. What's yeah. like, what's the yeah. story? Like, there's vampire unicorns with wings, and like, fucking, who cares, right? Like, it's yeah. just yeah. whatever's kind of yeah. in that moment. <laughs> like, that's well, really the cool. Thing is, is I, I had to rein them in a lot because you know they were so into into like anime and all that stuff. So <laughs> so everything was some type of. Higane or whatever they were calling it. And it was just like, okay, you know, no copyrighted stuff. <laughs> do you guys do board games and stuff at all too? Or do you play other role-playing games? Um, or, I mean, like, obviously I you have, play Neverlore, but. Um, I have designed, um, I, I started this way back in probably 2002 um, with a game called Legions. And it was a playing card game. And um it's actually set in the same world that Everlore is. Um, and the world is called Methandria. And um, so that was doing well. Um, we, we 
basically ran into some issues with a larger company, had to set that on the back burner. Um, and um, then I did develop um, a board game called Retribution. And um, it's something that's in the works. It's actually sitting right over there on the shelf. Mm -hmm. um, I gave and, it away when I looked over at it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so that is something that we will bring out. Again, that's in another one of the continents called Eranos. Um, and so right now what we're just trying to do is we're trying to establish the realm of Everlore through the primary product of this tabletop role-playing game. Um, we're releasing our first novella, um, which actually we'll be highlighting at the upcoming Origins. Um, check us out, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and then, um, so we'll have that. Um, then we're, you know, with the success of that, we're going to go ahead and do the board games, eventually get into, um, you know, animations and things like that. Mm -hmm. Nice, ambitious, I like it. Yeah, you know, I mean, if, you, if you're going to shoot for it, shoot all the way. <laughs> and then on top of that, we have another thing we're working on, which are you cool if we talk about that here? Or? Let it roll. Got you. So um, there's exclusive this of game that I – oh, sorry, my bad. What were you going to say? No, I was going to say exclusives. We got exclusives. <laughs> <laughs> right? Here, uh, Legends of Tabletop exclusive. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's a project that uh, I've been setting together for a little bit just to present to Dave the – um. The idea is that maybe you've ever heard of a roguelike or something like that. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, there's a lot of roguelike card games that have came out recently. Maybe you've heard of something like Inscription <clears throat> or Slay the Spire. Second one sounds familiar. Yeah. It's um the idea is that like you're, you know, exploring through some kind of area and you like get different tools to your exposable or uh, exposal. Uh, uh, is but you can use different tools and it's like <laughs> each time you run through the game it's a different experience so it's like very high in replayability and when dave is telling me about you know these different continents that are used for like you know different games i'm thinking that would be perfect for an online uh you know roguelike combat card game where it's like you have to manage resources you know you've got a goal that you're trying to get yeah. to on a map and you know you can use different, you know, tools like, you know, the different characters and creatures that we come up with. Mm -hmm. They can be used for different things, you know, plenty of different artifacts that we yep. can use. You know, nothing, you know, we've agreed on tight mechanically yet. I still have to kind of walk Dave through the idea of like what we're going through. But it's it's a project that we've uh, just I let Dave know I'm interested in and he's, you know, willing to work with me on. It. Well, and the idea is, of course, you know, we're going to focus on the tabletop role playing game. You know, and make sure that's the base. And the the hope, the plan, the dream is that the success from this will, you know, be able to launch all that. Yeah. And so um, these are dreams down the line. We got to make sure that this product is on point. And so far, it's been great. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Um, I'm, I'm jumping ahead question wise as you guys are talking about all these different things that are coming out. So is Everlore a living world kind of like, you know, the old world of darkness was where they had a, you know, a meta plot where things were happening. So you'd buy a new book and, you know, these grand designs were sort of happening in the background. So as, as new products are coming out, as novels are coming out, does that change the, the layers and textures of Everlore? Yes, very much so. Um, Right now, um, the we, we currently have two Twitch streams. Um, one is Evermore with Everlore, and um, that's the one that the two of us are in. Um, and it has a group of adventurers called Wahuru. And so they've been established for about two or so years. 
And so they are carrying on their adventure, but there's another uh, stream and it's called Essence of Everlore. Um, and that one is um, a group of vent- ventures that are newer and they haven't quite decided on a name yet. Um, <laughs> but these are these events are taking place in the same basic time frame. Yeah. Um, and then also the no- novella that we're working on, um, actually I've just finished it, where it's in the editing stage. Um, but that's a, a third story arc that's going on now. Um, but beyond that, there are other plots that are working within the broader realm. And so the idea is that uh, there are things that are happening. So as we come out with each installment, you know, cities may fall, new kingdoms may rise, things like that. Yeah, so it definitely is a a living um, world. And I think one of the things that the benefit to that is it gives a lot of player agency um, Mm -hmm. because, you know, we we provide a ton of customization. um, And then, you know, you're able to, sorry, my son's coming down, the, you know, <laughs> um, but, but with that, you're able to decide, you know, sort of, okay, I liked where my character was going, but guess what? His kingdom just fell. So mm-hmm. we're about to jump. Yeah, that's cool. I, I, I like that. That's, that's not something you see a lot of anymore, I feel like. So I, I, that it's, it's a neat concept for players to have in mind that like, okay, well, we're, we're doing this, but, you know, who knows what's going to happen, you yeah. know, two, three books down down the line. That, you know, and, it, and it's like you said, you know, for character interaction in, and their, uh, you know, engagement with the world, like it's just a really neat concept. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very cool. Um, you talked a little bit about, um, you know, what prompted you to, to design uh, the world. Uh, how come fantasies is it just you know because D D is the elephant in the room fantasy is the most recognizable did you have any other thoughts of where you might want to set it or was it you know there's always going to be fantasy um it, it that's in me you know <laughs> um ever since i was young uh you know when, when i was growing up you know as a kid i wanted to have hundred jobs when I grew up, you know, <laughs> and it was, it was firefighter, superhero, you know, swashbuckling pirate, all of these things, you know, but they all involve me being the hero. And, um, you know, all of my dreams were just so vivid. And so every morning I'd wake up and I'd write my dreams down, you know, and I had just journals full of just, you know, different ideas. And um, so even before I knew that I was going to do this, I was writing concepts for this. Um, when I was in um, in high school, I I was a good student. I wasn't as good as I could have been because you know I wasn't really focused on it. Um, but yeah. one thing that I did um, excel at was in writing, and it was because a lot of the stories I wrote were fantasy stories, you know. And so um, this was just something that was a part of me, and it was a way for me to express who I was, you know, and, and that's why the the sort of ostrac- you know, ostracization that I was receiving sort of impacted so much because it was something that I wanted to be a part of. And it was like, I couldn't be, you know, you were, you were the other. And so what I wanted to do was to create this as a way to show that this is for everybody. You know, it's addition, not subtraction. You know, 
And, um, you know, and, that, and that's why I love having Anthony here, you know, um, because he and I are not the same. Oh, yeah. Know? Not at all. This dude is like twice my height, you know, <laughs> super creative. I just kind of, you know, I'm there during the stream. But, you know, Dave really, you know, he soars off with the kind of creative stuff, whereas like I'm able to you know, commit to like a lot of social things like I can do accents, that kind of deal. And so, you know, just having a bunch of different kinds of people on the crew really accentuates what Everlore is. It's supposed to account for the fact that, you know, diversity has a place in tabletop role-playing games. And, you know, Everlore, its job is to say, hey, anybody is able to do this kind of thing. You just have to want to do it. Yeah. And and we've been we've been purposeful in trying to set up a team that is diverse. You know, we, we've tried to make sure that we have women on the team, you know, black, white, you know, things like that. And and so that's something that we want to carry as we grow bigger, you know, because we want to have this be a game where we can truly say to people, you know, this game is for you. And so that's why, you know, the tag is that, you know, Everlore is a game that has lots of diversity and customization. It's not limited by classes or levels. You know, if that's the kind of game that you want, this game is for you, you know. Right. And it, and it sucks. I mean, in, you know, 2022, that like, you have to say that, right, that it's for everybody and people should be included. And, you know, that your experience, you know, growing up was was what it was. And unfortunately, it's still that way. I, I don't want to say by and large, right? Because I, as a white guy, I don't experience that, right? Yeah, so, like, I yeah. don't – like, I hear stories, you know, people come on the show and say stuff or, you know, you talk to different people. But, like, if you're – you know, if if I don't overhear something, if I don't see something, it's it's almost like, um, you know, I'm using quotes, yeah. that, that it doesn't yeah. exist. And, and clearly it does because just – I mean, get on role-playing Twitter and it's just – shitty stuff and it and it sucks right like it's just it's stupid like with the combat wheel you can't have that okay well you have krakens and and you know peg side like you know ropers like all this dumb shit but like yeah you know you can't play someone who looks like you or you can't play someone who's you know uh sexually different or yes yes physically different you know needing a wheelchair or something like that yeah it's just it's just yeah. dumb. I mean, yeah. like it's just stupid. Yeah. You know, and and the thing is, it's like you know, with with Everlord, you know, I designed it so it's not like we're not beating you over the head with it. You know, um, so it's you know, you're not going to walk in the room and every player you meet is going to be gay or something like that. But it's right. just like in in this world, when you walk down the street, unless you're talking skin color, you don't know what that person is. You know, yeah. and so. That's how it is in Everlore. You might happen to be speaking to someone who might be gay or lesbian or whatever, but it doesn't, you know, it, it's not going to be something that is earth shattering, you know. But we also do still deal with, you know, real life issues like there's still prejudice, you know. And so like one of the things that I'm dealing with in the novella um, is we're, we're dealing with um, an elf and... In Everlore, um, the elves are treated with a lot of suspicion and hatred. And so I'm able to pull lessons from my childhood, you know, things that I had to deal with and frame them in the guise of the hero of the elf. And so um, my brother read the novel and he called me and he said, man, you know, that, you know, that sounded like he was black, you know, because that was an experience he had. You know, right. and so that that's what I want to talk to 
while still sharing this, you know, beautiful world with everybody, but our stories matter, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, so that's what it is. Yeah. 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 That, that's cool. It's, it's cool that it's as recognizable that, you know, your brother's able to just, you know, sort of pick it up and it makes me want to get it now. Right. So that I can, you know, at least in, in some fraction, some, some yeah, simile you know. of, you know, be able to, you know, experience our experience, but like experience through story. Oh right? yeah. Yeah. That, that's, well, and, and, and honestly, I, I think, you know, often that that's all it is. It's just people not being able to have those conversations, you know, and that that's all this is, is a, is a way to be able to broach subjects so that it's not so, um, so threatening, you know, and, and you might have a conversation with somebody after, after seeing something like that, you know, yeah. um, or you might not, but that's okay. Right. Right. You gotta be, you have to be open to it and hold the space for it. Right. I mean, that's yes. the, yeah. I mean, that's what we should all be working for. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, do, you, do you ever, I mean, obviously not with, with your, with your personal group, but like, you know, we play a lot of call of Cthulhu as well. Right. So like 1920, super racist, all mm. sorts of effed up. Right. And you know, you play characters from today's perspective, right? So like you're yeah. not going to play, yeah. you know, so it becomes sort of a fine line then in, you know, creating a character that's, you know, for this, and you know, maybe for a novel a little bit different, right? Cause you have a lot more yeah. creative leeway. Um, but, but in a game of like, man, like I have to deal with this at, like all day at work. Like, I don't want to now deal with this when we play games, right? And we're supposed to have fun and like, yeah. you yeah. know, but, but yeah, but you have to acknowledge it, right? Like, I mean, like, that's yeah. the thing. You can't just like sweep it under the rug, although, you know, you don't want to make, you know, maybe make it a focal point, you know, maybe it's a story beat too, right? Like yeah, yeah. to, mm-hmm. to bring that sort of stuff up of, you know, like we're going to engage with this in, you know, like in this sort of safe way, I guess. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, of course. Well, and, and, um, so part of the thing, like in, in our, in our, um, in Evermore with Everlore, um, we just sort of happened upon the name Wahuru and my, my oldest son came up with the name um, and it's called the liberators because um, Matatope is my character and he, he wants to liberate people from slavery and all this stuff. Well, we had some of the characters um, on our team who were just absolutely fine with slavery. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so, um, you know, and then at the time, uh, Anthony, who was playing my son, was sort of ambivalent, you know. Um, and so, th- we even in in that setting, there was just, you know. So, how do you deal with that, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and like, there was internal struggle between the characters on, you know, what what is Matatoba going to, you know, allow, and you know, what is what is Vondra going to deal with, and things like that. Um, <laughs> You know, so so that yeah, was interesting. The, the the parts with Vondra between uh, the uh, Wahuru has a lot of internal struggle. There's been sometimes uh, earlier on in our stream where it seemed like there were two figureheads of Wahuru. <laughs> there was the side of Matatopa, and then there was the side of Vondra, and they would crash a lot in like these civil war scenes where it was like <laughs> you know just in the middle of a clearing there was a lot of infighting. And uh, I think it's made Wahuru a lot stronger now that we've been able to like butt heads about our issues and, you know, come together and be able to talk together and say, hey, you know, I disagree with this. Well, I disagree with this. Well, you know, we'll clash it out a little bit and then, you know, come to a conclusion together. And the, and the interesting thing about that is 
as the lore master, understanding that there's not classes, there's not levels, things like that. So I, I don't have to say, okay, you're you're not playing your character as you know lawful good or or whatever. Right. But what I can say is that you can play your character any way you want. However, you're going to have to face the consequences. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're trucking with demons, that might be okay here, but in other situations, it's not going to be. You know, right. and so you know, that we want Vondra again. You know, he had a demon horse who was going around, you know, killing people, and he was okay with that. Um, you know, but then he wasn't. He wasn't sort of. He was a little confused on why other people weren't okay with that. You know, and so, and that's what it is. It's just um, sort of like the real world aspect of how would these things really impact you. Um, and so, uh, but the beauty of it is that you can adjust your character on the fly. Yeah. You know, um, and so that 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 has been really good. Yeah. Players say, "What the consequences of my actions? What?" <laughs> yeah, right. You know, like, I shouldn't have done that. Yes, yes. Yeah. yeah no, well, we've, it's, uh, it's we've had a lot of toughness with that. Sometimes people just don't understand. Like even me, when I used to come like to the sessions, I would be so confused because like I was an Elon, and I'm like, "Huh? Well, this dude got an enchantment, and he got like you know." He got fire sword. Why don't I get fire fists? And he was like, "No, no flame. You're just gonna get the bonus, and you can leave." <laughs> we don't we don't appreciate your kind here. And that those were the kind of nuances that I didn't like. You know, get immediately at first. You know, <laughs> part of it might have been that I was on you know water polo in the seawater ocean yeah. salt messed me up. But part of it was also just that I didn't understand quite yet that that was like you know a part of the story that was something that's supposed to be impactful. You know, it's supposed to teach you a lesson through itself. Yeah. Well, and, and making players accountable for the, you know, cause the, 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 uh, you know, the thing is all you have, you know, murder hobos, they just walk into town and, you know, yes. kill everybody. And, you know, Gygax had written down every, every villager's amount of gold and silver and stuff that they had. Cause <laughs> you know, players are going to kill everybody, but yeah, like, yeah. yeah. You know, you go in and you punch the town guard, you know, you wind up in the, in the jail overnight or whatever, exactly. right? Like, exactly. And it, yes. and it makes the, it makes the, the world more real, yeah. you know, it makes yeah. their consequent, you know, their actions matter in the world. Right. Which is really, oh, yeah. You know, when you start playing a character, right? Like it's, it it's what it is. While you're doing it, like that's it for that amount yeah. of time. You know, it's yeah. it's all yeah. real. You know, quote unquote. Yeah. Um. And and all that stuff should matter. I I like a modern setting because the choices become that much harder, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh, I just you know I pull out my sword and I you know do whatever. It's like, oh no, you're in the store and this thing happens and there's yeah. a monster yeah. or whatever. Like, well, shit. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Like I'm going to pull out a gun and, you know, wah, wah or whatever, you know, like what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so where did you draw? Uh, I mean, obviously D and D probably, but where did you draw your inspirations from for Everlore? Um, honestly, most of that was my dreams. Um, nice. I, I, like I said, I, I've probably played a total of, of two years of the various games in my life, um, when when I became serious about doing this game, I stopped playing other games because I didn't want to be overly influenced with anything. Um, and at the time, uh, truth be told, I was I was in school. Um, you know, I was married, and um, there was just a whole bunch going on in my life. I didn't have time to play games. 
Um, and then after that, I started working corporate. So, you know, 60 hours a week or whatever. Um, and so it was just a lot of research. Um, I looked up past cultures. And so I based a lot on um, like, you know, Polynesian cultures. Um, there's a lot of influences from Native American cultures, um, African cultures like Kush, um, you know, from the Zulu cultures and things like that, because I wanted um, often I hear people, you know, sort of say, um, oh, our, our world is, you know, sort of separated by race only because that's how it used to be in the past, you know, but, but my thought is that I hear you, except we're creating the world so we can right. take whatever elements we want. Yeah. And so what I've done is I've taken different elements, you know, from various cultures and just put them together. And so I, I did a lot of research on all of the different cultures um, to make sure that we have them. So it's just been a lot of that. Um, I love social studies, you know, mm -hmm. and so all of that's come in there. And then honestly, you know, talking to these guys, um, as, as, as we discuss stuff, um, they say things and sometimes I'm like, no, <laughs> and, and then later I think, oh, well, maybe that's a good idea. You know uh -huh. what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's, it's a lot of collaboration. You know, a lot of it is he says no, and then he eases up a little bit later. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, you know, Dave and I used to have conversation about how I like, you know, <laughs> elements of creatures to have helmets. You know, <laughs> I think armor in fantasy is sick. And I think an important part of that are helmets. And at first I was explaining Dave an aspect of it where it's like having a helmet allows you to like hide the true identity of a person and give them another. And, you know, at first he was, you know, kind of iffy on it. And then eventually he, we got the idea to make a dimension of helmet creatures. Yes, we have a helm plane. <laughs> so it's a plane that all of the creatures have basically a helm. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, but just, just different things like that. Uh, and yeah. so um, I, I read a lot. Um, I, I've read tons, much more than I've played. Mm -hmm. And so um, it, I was working on this for probably about 17 or so years. Um, wow. Then we did the testing for probably about three or so years. Um, with the testing, I pulled in a couple other guys. And so the, the people that tested all together, we probably had over 120 or so combined years of experience and playing yeah. um and then so we had people that had been playing it for 30 40 years and then we had people who had been playing it for six months you know mm -hmm. and so that was good because we were able to just sort of beat it up um you know change some things uh but it was it was always my idea was there were things i didn't like about some of the games i played and things i did like but i thought could be done differently mm -hmm. and so that's what we worked on yeah um we wanted to make sure that we changed sort of the system of magic so that, you know, whenever Mage showed up, the game was over. You know, we would yeah. make sure you still had a chance. Um, so we we gave every creature creature um, what's called core. And so mm. what what happens is that when a mage casts a spell, they use their spell dominance against your magic resistance. So you have an innate ability that gives you the uh, the chance to beat it. Yeah. You know. Right. Um, and so that sort of offsets it a little bit. Yeah. Um, and I think that, oh, sorry, go, on. go ahead. I was going to say, I think that system of magic works very well because it gives you a kind of scale where it's like when a mage comes into the fight, 
it's not necessarily game over, but if that mage puts a lot of power into the fact that, you know, they have high spell dominance or, you know, they're able to cast spells that are very strong, a mage can be terrifying because they're a good mage. But on that same token, you can also have somebody who puts a lot of strength into being strong against mages, so you're able to create a character who, you know, nullifies the threat of a mage. And when you have two things that come together like that, it creates this balance that's like, you know, depending on how you build your character, you can leverage whether these situations are, you know, deadly or not mm -hmm. based on where you lay your strengths. Yeah. Right. For sure. And having a, just to, to touch back on your, on the age range of your, your uh, collective play testers and all, that's great. Right. Cause you know, you get a player who's been playing for six months, you know, be like, Oh, well, why can't we do this where the player has been playing yeah. for 30 or 40 it's like, no, it's like this. It's always yeah. like this. Yeah. This is the way this works. You're like, oh, wait, wait, wait. Let's, let's take a look. Let's process all this and see, right? Because yeah. like a kid, you know, there's no there's no boundaries when you're new to the system. Like, well, what do you mean I can't, you know, exactly do X right. or yes. whatever? Yes. Yeah, and that was this one. You know, <laughs> oh, my goodness. They, you know, uh. him and my sons, you know, they, because everything, they wanted to be like uber powerful. You know, and so everything had to be like the most powerful thing. <laughs> well, if it's all the most powerful, then there's nothing. You know, and it's just like, yeah. okay, rein this in, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, but that but but that was part of what was the fun, you know, because we had to make it fun for them, but also fun for us. And mm -hmm. and um and so I I really enjoyed that aspect of it is just figuring out sort of how do we get there, you know. And while I was working on this, I mean, you know, there's always people who don't who don't understand your dream, you know? And there were people who said, oh, Dave, you can't do this. You know, you can't create a game that's, you know, levelless and whatever, it's too complicated, it's too whatever, whatever, you know? And I said, okay, but it's just something that I had to do, you know? Right, and right. so I just kept doing it. And so I would just get further and further and further. Now, you know, 20 years ago, when I started this, if I had known, I probably wouldn't have done it, <laughs> but I didn't know it was gonna be this, you know? Um, but now, you know, I was just I was just showing Anthony, you know, we have we're, we're getting ready for the convention mm -hmm. and, you know, we have like 40 sets of our books, hmm. you know, and that's just it's, it's just amazing to me that we have books, you know, we yeah. have posters, we have magnets and T-shirts, you know, and, and that all came from from a dream that I could have just said no. You know, but I said yes, and then other people came along and bought into that vision and made it better. Yeah. You know, and that's what I love. That, that's awesome. Did, did and, and I don't mean this in a derogatory way, but at, at any point in 20 years, did, did you ever think that this was going to be your fantasy heartbreaker? Like, this was the thing, like, man, like... Uh, it's been like all this time and, you know, just a little bit, you know, you're just, you know, continually just moving the ball a little bit further, yeah. you know, towards the goalpost. Well, and um, honestly, I, I've told my boys this and, and I'm sure Anthony's heard this because he's he's here an awful lot is that, um, you know, I, I work on this and, and I work on this all the time and it may not work. You know, I mean, this may not go anywhere, but I know if I don't try, it won't. You know, and I would hate sure. to be 67 years old and look back and say, oh, man, if only I had done this, you know, because I I have I have a vivid imagination. And I remember growing up, like I said, I, I would write down my stories and ideas and stuff like this. 
and I would go to different movies and I would see things that I had thought of in a movie. And I say, that's my idea, you know? <laughs> and of course, I mean, they didn't steal my idea, but you know, and so, and so I know we have good ideas, you know? Um, and, and so I wanted my boys to see me toiling at something because I want to teach them, if nothing else, a work ethic, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I want Anthony to see, you know, this is what it takes to be successful and, and to strive for your dream, you know, because I'm just Dave, you know, but guess what? Now I'm Dave and Anthony, you know, mm-hmm. I'm Dave, Anthony, Caleb and David, you know? And right. so as more people learn about us, we'll grow. Eventually it all adds up to pretty boy, uh, Dave T, right? That's right. Hey, you know, pretty boy, Dave T. That's right. That's what he calls himself. You get t-shirts with that. That's right. Well, you know, I mean, if, if nobody else is going to call me pretty, I'm going to call myself pretty. You know what I'm saying? At least my wife does. So that's good. <laughs> yep, there you go. All right. Um, so, you know, we were sort of dancing around this, for, you know, talking about stuff, but tell us about the world. What What is Everlore? What's What's the setting like? What, what What's happening? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you want to you take a stab at it or you want? Oh, I'll, uh, all right. Sure. I'll uh, go for it. Uh, the world of Everlore is very earthy, if that makes any sense. It's, uh, well, it is, you know. Whenever you're traveling, you know, very rarely do you have something like ships or, you know, floating aircrafts. It's usually just you're going across on foot, you know, you'll stop by a river for a water source. You'll set up a campfire, that kind of thing. The, you know, forests are vast and huge and uh, towns and cities and things are typically very small. The very large ones are sparse and in between, but they're filled with character. You know, you have a bunch of different people from magic users who are, you know, conning people out of money to try and make a quick buck to, you know, honest soldiers who are, you know, fighting for a cause they believe in all down to, you know, the ancient ruins deep within mountainsides where the mummies end up, you know, be uh, unhanding one of uh, one of the members of the triad. <laughs> that did happen, yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the world is very, you know, interwined within itself. You know, there's one NPC you can meet in like a city all the way in Starsong, which is like in the middle of the uh, continent somewhat. And then you can head to the other side of Chalyuksen, which is like on the other half of the continent and meet people who, you know, know about each other and understand each other. And the world is just so... I know we've said this before, but it's diverse and it's, you know, great world building too. the way that everything kind of connects to one another and how when you see a shift in like one part of the world, it affects everything else in some kind of way that's meaningful. Hmm. And so the world is it's very adaptable, but it's also very real in the way that it's, you know, designed to be a place where people live and persist and exist. And also so um Good, good. But it, it's also the idea is that the realm is called Everlore. And um, within Everlore, the primary world that you deal with is Methandria. And Methandria has eight different continents. And the continent where most of the action takes place um, that we center on in the first set is called Midian. And um, Midian was what I was describing. Yes. And so within the, um, the Travis Compendium, um, which is the book that players will get and explains how to play. We describe 10 of the, the primary kingdoms of Midian. Um, so it is, you know, sort of roughly Middle Ages. Um, and the whole realm itself is suffused with a plane of magic, which is called the Shadow Sea. 
And so um, the shadow sea is what gives everything access to magic. So when mages or anyone is, is attempting to cast a spell, they're actually opening themselves up to the shadow sea. And in essence, what they're doing, they don't need like, you know, spell components or even to really utter words. Um, in essence, what they're doing is they're manipulating the flow of magic to achieve a certain thing. Um, and so um, spirits are very big in this world, um, but then also um, so are what's called shadowborn entities. And shadowborn entities are people that live in the shadow sea. And so um, mortals often will find a patron that's a shadowborn patron who will be able to give them better understanding of magic, or they might find like spirits that will give them a better understanding of magic. Um, and so um, as Anthony was saying, you know, there's a whole host of things you can do in the world, um, but basically everybody in the world is concerned that at any moment, the Legion can happen. Mm -hmm. And the Legion is an army that can spring up at any time. And they center um, in a continent called Mortier. And Mortier is the biggest continent of the world. And every once in a while, Shamir, the God of Chaos says, hey, form the Legion and go and destroy whatever. It could be a continent, it could be a temple, you know, it could be somebody's home. <laughs> he doesn't care. Um, so what will happen is every being on that um, on that continent that is able will stop whatever they were doing and will form into the Legion, build ships, cross the ocean. Crossing the ocean in Everlore is something that is very hairy because of the world beast Minhoshdel. Um, and that is something that basically will destroy ships en masse. I didn't even know it had a name. Yes, it does. <laughs> um, and so anyway, um, very few, about half of those ships will, will be lost, but still a massive army of, you know, 20, 30 million is going to arrive and, you know, try to devastate whatever. So um, that has caused throughout the years, you know, kingdoms to fall, kingdoms to rise. And so individuals to scatter. And so that's one of the reasons that cultures have been displaced all over. And that's one of the reasons that we can explain why diversity has traveled so far around the world. Nice. I don't know if you want to answer this question or not, but like, is that a potential source of, you know, novel material to, you know, go through this, you know, large, uh, you know, summoning and then having the army kind of come out? It seems it would be rife for that sort that's of that is definitely um and and um those are those are things that obviously we will build into mm -hmm. um the the legion is is something that's sort of at the back of your mind and so mm -hmm. we'll always play with the idea of will it will it not um right, right. and there are um some beings that want the legion to happen you know, they're fanatics. And so they try to encourage, you know, Shamir, hey, look this way, look this way. You know, yeah. so they try to do some things. And of course, they get shanked real quick. <laughs> um, you know, but yes, definitely um, stories will abound with those kind of things. You know, the idea of the Legion is fascinating. And I feel like it's too good of an idea just to, you know, 
leave and not do anything with. So it's definitely the source of maybe some novel material, maybe something for a video game movie if we ever get to that. that we we will get to that, yes. yes. <laughs> um, but, you know, I mean, beyond that, there's um, when the, uh, the current pantheon um, that resides over um, – Everlore arrived there. Um, they, they came from outside of Everlore. And so they actually came and there was actually a war of the gods that were before them. And so the new gods actually battled with the old gods um, in that they, they solicited some help. And so they created godlings. Um, and so they eventually defeated the old gods. Well, in the process, they basically splintered all of the planes that existed in that realm. And so they were able to create new um, planes and things like that, but that left tons of splinters. And so they're called splinter planes. And so every once mm -hmm. in a while, a splinter plane, which is just a portion of a plane before, will attach itself to Mythandria. And so when that happens, creatures and other things can come out of there. And so that you know, gives the opportunity for a lot of things to happen. Um, and so um, Wahuru has encountered some things, you know, dealing with that. Um, but it's just, there's just tons of opportunities, you know, to be had here. Yeah, that, that sounds really cool. I I, I like the, the lore stuff, the, you know, the all the world building stuff. That sounds really neat. And, and and so populated with standard fantasy races with, you know, obviously with your spin on them then? Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we have tons of races. You want to talk about some of the races? Oh, yeah. No, I think one of my favorite races in Everlore, probably actually the Elon. They're this uh, race. I believe they're created by Lore, right? The Elon? Yeah, the yes. Elon. Yeah. Yes. So uh -huh. who is Lore? Oh, so Lore, he's the god of trickery, right? Yes, the trickster. Yeah, the trickster. And he's actually responsible for one of the in-game mechanics called the singularity. It's a Lore's folly where it's basically <laughs> like, you know, if you roll a one on a d12 when you're in combat, you automatically miss. That's the singularity. The Lore's folly is when you have to roll a d12 after a single one. And if you get another one, you miss stupendously. <laughs> like, you know, really badly. Like, you might just summon a copy of yourself. You miss <laughs> yeah, so that's, bad. Yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> and then you have to fight that copy of yourself. But um, Lore, he created this race of uh, adaptable, you know, just giant, you know, like some are easily like nine foot tall, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's uh, it's just this race of, you know, dark skin, adaptable people who live in, you know, any kind of environment. There's um, Elon tunnelers who are able to become smaller or larger, you know, get through, uh, you know, cave systems and the like. There's Elon. Uh, what is the one that's able to do the uh, the one with the spells, right? The uh <laughs> No, come on. Or Farron Elons, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yes. they're the ones who have the like spell-like ability to be like <clears throat> werewolves, right? Yes. Yeah, the the Farron Elons. Yeah. Yeah, and um, you know, <clears throat> there's plenty of other you know sub races of our you know base races, but um, Elons are probably one of my favorite. They were uh, my first character, Caliph. Yeah. Um. We and we do have a lot of the the standard you know dwarves, elves, things like that. Um. We have um. As far as the dwarves, some, some different things about them is we have the Mayron dwarves, which are um, aquatic dwarves. Um, oh, we have cool. Soren dwarves, which are winged dwarves. Um, we have Vulcan dwarves, which are basically made out of the magma of, you know, um, of Methandria. 
Um, elves, we have many different varieties of elves. One is the star elves. They don't actually live on Methandria. They live on the frozen moon and they can travel through Methandria through the, um, the rays of the moonlight. Um, there are, um, you know, some of, the, some of the newer races, we have dragon spawn. We have two different kinds. One is a, a Rorgan, um, and that is birth of a non-dragon mother. Um, and then a Draken is birth of a dragon mother. Um, we have Shikarns, which mm, sort of like cat people. Um, nice. We have uh, Drex, which are, um, they are sort of um, very organic um, sort of chemists. And so um, they are very technical. Um, what they can do is like, they can touch something and sort of understand its chemical makeup. Um, yeah. We have- Very uh, science at birth. Yeah, yeah. We have, um, you know, the Nator, which is like, um, mm. you know, it's made up of two different races. Um, they think that they're like superior to everything. Um, one is the Nator, and they, they can um, Natari, and they can they can create like bone shards on their skin. Um, so different things like that. Yeah, that's cool. Do, do the right. So you know, we're we're Watsi and other companies get in trouble. It's like you know, this race is this, right? They're all mean and they're all whatever and they do, you know, whatever the thing is. Um, yeah. How is Everlore set up that subverts that and says, like, these can be anything? You know, is there like a like a stat block right up? You know, like, has the the history for races presented? Well, what we, what we do is, like, you, we do give a sort of general, hey, this is, this is typically what they look like. Um, right. But in that, we don't say, this race is evil. This race is good. You know, right. um, we give a sense for sort of the overall makeup of them. Mm -hmm. um, like the Orsine are, um, they are the <clears throat> half-orcs. And um, so their backstory is that they are looked at negatively because of something that one of them did long ago, you know? And so all of them are, they're either going to accept that or sort of going to fight against it, you know, but they're all sort of holding that shame. Yeah. True, um, true. The, uh, the Shorn are a remnant of the first war of the Legion. And so during that first war, there were beings from the shadow sea that were helping sort of the bad guys and they angered one of the gods. And he said, you know what? Um, I'm going to forever, you know, um, separate you from the Shadow Sea. So you were shorn. And yeah. so um, some of them want to make um, him regret his decision, you know, because Bushima was the all-father who did that. Some of them want to act so good that he acquiesce and let them back in, you know. And so they all have the same, you know, Bible that they look at, but they view it in a different way. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, and so we try to, even within the same race, put in diversity, you know, and give you the agency for how you want to play that. Of course. Yeah. And I think one of the other thing about races that I think is great is that you can play whichever race you want. But typically a character is related to a culture that defines them more so than the race. So, like, you can be a Burvor, which in Everlore is a race of... Uh, more mammalian, you know, mm. kind of uh, like badger people, or, yeah, like badger yeah. people, something similar to that. And you know, birth wars can be looked at in any kind of light, but 
your specific character is, you know, related to a kind of culture. And, you know, some of them may be more aggressive than others. Some of them may be more diplomatic. But I think the greatest way that Everlore impacts, you know, the fact that you are what your character is, as opposed to, you know, how they're defined by their race, is the culture. Because you can gain abilities and actual, like, different things from your culture. And that says, you know, you are defined more so by, like, what your character is who, what race, or like, not what race of people they come from, what group of people they come from, as opposed to just what race, like Mm -hmm. where you grow up, you know, where you learn things from defines you a lot more than simply what skin color or, you know, Mm -hmm. what attributes you have, you know, at birth. And that's one of my favorite systems is that you can come from a specific culture, as opposed to just saying that one culture is one race. Mm -hmm. Right. I like that. that. That's very cool. You know, like people would look at the U.S. and be like, we're all crazy, gun toting, you know, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. fast food eating. Yeah. You know? <laughs> people see those kinds of things, but they don't say, hey, you know, Louisiana is way different from New Jersey yeah, yeah. or, you know, California is a totally different yeah, place from yeah, Washington. Yeah. You know, right. they just kind of see the U.S. and think, oh, everybody there does this when really it's, you know, broken down into a lot more, you know, specific subcultures mm-hmm. and i think everlore captures that kind of diversity very well yeah well and, and you know with our cultures you know we have a culture called tres Lantes, which is like a pirate culture um you know chaviuxin is based on uh like native americans um you know we have zulu and kush you know based on africans um Vizithia based on the egyptians um <clears throat> we have uh kelly tan which is based on um, like the Scandinavian, um, you know, we have Gaiajanon, which is based on, you know, the traditional Elvins. So, I mean, we, we, we sort of encapsulate it all. Um, and, you know, we have Gafferimen, which is sort of like the evil Elven nation, you know. Um, and so the idea is that you as the character can, you know, look at these and decide on what you want to be. Um, and then, you know, as you're building your character, we have things called quirks. Um, which are things that you can select, but you don't have to. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are just fur- ways to sort of further, you know, enhance your character. Yeah. Um, and so like you might have one that gives you an enhanced to speed, you mm-hmm. know, or you might have one um, that um, gives you like, I think one of the, one of the, our players has one that's called um, light, light sleeper. So, you know, they won't get caught off guard, you know, where the rest of us sleep through, you know, an elephant walking through, <laughs> yeah. you know, they'll jump up if a mouse comes through, yeah, you know, so right. different things like that. Mm-hmm. Nikarvan specifically, she has a quirk. Uh, what is it? The one that gives you plus one to uh, spell dominance and magic resistance every 100. Years. Oh yeah. 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 Um, basically it makes her more adept to spells, which is, you know, one of her positive quirks and that grows with her every 100 EP. But she also has heavy sleeper, which means if an elephant were to step on her, she wouldn't wake up. up. And that's the kind of thing where it's like you can differentiate your character based on your character as opposed to lumping it in with everything else that Mm. is its race. Yeah. So, so you said EP. Sorry, let me let me jump in there and explain. Um, <laughs> we, we say EP for experience points, mm-hmm. um, and the way you progress your character in Everlore is um, you gain EP. Um, you know, as you're you're playing, you know, at the end of each session. Um, typically, I'll ask them some questions. You know, they'll get EP for that, um, and just for general gameplay. 
EP is not tied to like combat or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you have your EP, you can spend it any time for like proficiencies. Um, mm-hmm. You can spend it for traits and traits are sort of things that your character is born with. Proficiencies are things that your character learns um, and aptitudes are sort of things that you're sort of generally good at. Um, and then at every hundred EP, um, there's a role that you do and that sort of ups your base stats. You know, so those are the ways that you progress your character in, um, in Everlore. Mm-hmm. That's how you define the difference between somebody who's 800 and 1,000 EP. Yeah. Right, right. Now, with the quirks, is there anything specifically tied to role-playing, or are they all sort of more mechanical-based? There's mm-hmm. actually some that tie a lot into role-playing. Some of it is, uh, I believe there's one where if you take it, you are being hunted down by a faction or yes. like a certain enemy. Nice. Yeah. And you may know what it is or may not know what it is, but this will essentially bring extra encounters into you. And, you know, some of them may just be, you know, you have a toxic personality. And part of it is that you, you know, you do take on stat reductions, but you also kind of play that in your character. Like if Dave were to come up and say, hey, what's up? I'd be like, no, uh, get away from me, bucko. You're ugly. <laughs> we uh, we also have um, one like called Psychopath. You know, you just like, yeah, one, right? yes, he does. You, you just like killing, you know, so you have to rein your character in. You have to roll them into fortitude to try to, you know, if somebody just accidentally hits you, you want to, you know, get at them. You know, um, there's one called horse dread. You're afraid of horses. You know, you're going to see a horse and you're just going to run away. Um, there's uh, one that, um, you know, uh, bad odor. You know, you smell, you know. Um, so there's a bunch of different things that are not just combat oriented sure, um, sure. that really go towards that gameplay. Yeah. Nice. I, I like that. I, I like systems that give you the option, you know, because it gives you, a, you know, not only for the player to get a hook into the character, but also for the GM, you know, if you have a whole faction coming after you, right? Yeah, like yeah, it gives you yeah. a lot of threads to yeah. pull on to yeah. keep everybody engaged, keep you know, things happening to keep the world alive because, you know, these things are happening over here while you're over here and maybe they connect or maybe they don't. And maybe you're not expecting it and they do. And yes, good luck then, you know. Well, and and the beautiful thing as the the lore master is like, I know what all of the quirks are. So Mm -hmm. like, I know my character, Matatopa, you know, I am being hunted by a very powerful entity, you know? And so that has impacted us probably about a year ago um, where we were being chased by like zombies and stuff. Ah. We managed to get out of that. um, But did we really kill that foe or is it still coming back? You know, Mm -hmm. I know they don't know, (laughs) you know? And and so that's the thing. And and so like Matatopa doesn't know, you know, he's blissfully unaware that he might die tomorrow, you know? And so that's, that's what, you know, is, is the beauty of those things. Mm -hmm. And, And that's just something that, you know, it's not something that you have to add on to your character, but it's something that will help, you know, further delineate your character from others. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Now, you said when earlier, uh, Anthony was saying when you roll a, a D12 in combat. So it's a, T, a D12 based system. Oh, yeah. No, all the way. Yeah. When you're in combat, you uh, you typically default to a D12. That's when you're using to hit, which is to see if you uh, your attack lands on somebody. Yep. The damage dice can be different. You can use a D4, D6, depending on just how much damage your weapon does. But um, when you're trying to hit somebody, our default system is D12. Okay, nice. Um, is there a skill system involved as well? Oh, um, you would be better fit to explain this. We have the... Um, 
So we we have what's called aptitudes, and aptitudes are you know sort of what you're what you're good at. Uh, we have twelve different aptitudes. You know, those are things like insight, survival, um, prowess, and things like that. And so those are sort of like the typical ones. Um, and then you you build on that. You're going to say the aptitudes are just things you would typically roll for. Like yeah. you might roll insight to navigate through woods or insight to, uh, you know, see or survival to navigate through woods insight yes. to like look around. Yeah. That yep. kind of thing. And then um, and then you you purchase proficiencies, you know, to build if you want to become, you know, like, you know, uh, Reaper is, um, you know, he's an excellent thief. And so, you know, Matatopa can't pick a lock. Reaper can, you know, and mm -hmm. so you, you purchase those proficiencies and that's how you develop your enhanced skills in those. Yeah. And the, and the way we've done it is that there's not like a direct skill tree, you know, mm -hmm. so it's not like you have to get one to get the other to get the other. There are some that sort of link, you know, but most have dual ways to get to them. Yeah. And nice. like you were asking how it applies to combat people who are more combat oriented can, you know, apply themselves a few different ways. Like archers are going to work much differently than physical combaters. Um, some examples of physical skills might be dance of death, which lets you hit two enemies that are near you as like a free attack, as opposed to spending, you know, APR in order to fight with um, another one that we've been concepting without, you know, releasing entirely just yet mm -hmm. is a uh, battle bully, which is uh, an ability where you're able to hit somebody. And then if the attack lands, you can throw them any direction, 10 feet during combat. <laughs> nice. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's cool. Yeah, no, it's well, a, it's pretty sick. It lets you like make your character unique in what they do during combat. So you feel like you have a unique role and you stand out during combat. Right. And, and classes, I mean, you could essentially, you know, people are going to gravitate, right? So, you know, you know, Reaper can pick a locks as a good thief, right? So there's no thief class, but, you know, you can sort of steer in a direction, but you're not limited to, like, I'm just a thief and I can only do thief things. So exactly. yeah, this no, is yeah, nice in that. There's yeah. going to be character archetypes, but you're not locked into that. Well, and, and, and the thing is, like, with the ability to purchase, you know, anything, you know, proficiencies, traits, and aptitudes at any time, you can say, oh, my character is deficient in this. I want to purchase, you know, and so you can enhance your character. Now, the way we do it is that just because you purchase something doesn't mean that your character can do it in game. I so know in, you know, in well. game, you should have some reason to have learned it, you yeah, know? Yeah. So like Matatopa, you know, I have the, I purchased the ability to craft some things, mm -hmm. but I, I haven't apprenticed, you know? Right. And so, once I start doing that, so, and, and that's, you know, uh, my, my friend here, you yeah. know, he, he wanted to do all kinds of big things. So he spent a lot of VP to get some stuff. My, uh, my first character, Caliph, he wanted an animal spirit patron, which that proficiency not only allows you to have access to higher tier spells, it also lets you turn into an animal of the spirit patron you're working with. Caliph was so excited to become a tiger <laughs> and yet he never got the chance to do that and he's he's still a little well, bit upset and, about that in the he, afterlife he never went and talked to an air, a spirit patron to say hey I, will I you talked, be my patron i talked to a couple spirit and patrons, then he went and got himself killed so yes <laughs> yeah yeah there's there's a little bit of salt in the uh the afterlife <laughs> nice oh, so speaking of character death how 
common is it or or how easy is it to to lose a character right because you know across various systems that's either super easy or you know dnd you know your health is just on a, a yo-yo and you're always um, fine you, really <laughs> uh death occurs at negative 13 essentially um you can get and, to negative 12 vitality before you actually kick the bucket yeah. at zero mm -hmm. that's when you get knocked out so your yeah. character doesn't have the ability to like move or anything at negative 13, that's when your X marks the spot. Death is um, death is possible. And so so here's the thing. When when we started, um, uh, the the a lot of the guys that were on the stream, most of the guys hadn't really played. And right. so um, the first year was just sort of trying to get them up to, to snuff, you know, mm -hmm. and um, stop having them do such impulsive things. You know? <laughs> so, so we played a little bit first and like right off the bat, one of them died, you know, and, but I, I think since we've been playing, we've had three total deaths, um, you know, so it's, it's possible. You, you hope that your characters learn, you know, when to cast that spell timely to save somebody else. Mm -hmm. Um but yeah, if you know if, if the situation goes because you, your characters are beefy, I mean you can get to the point where you know you're dropping fifty points in one hit, you know fifty points of vitality damage in one hit, and you can probably do that you know three or four times, and so you can kill somebody pretty quickly, you know. So you have to be strategic about how you do it. You can't just walk up and whack everybody because yeah. that person might be able to knock you out. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, matter of fact, just like last week, we were involved in a skirmish that I thought we were going to die mm -hmm. because the lore master, when I wrote it, I didn't anticipate us facing the enemy, but these guys <laughs> faced the enemy. Yeah. Um, and it, it was, was just, it was just some lucky circumstances. It was kind of hilarious. I mean, yeah. Carvin, my character, she was ready to fight this ogre who was probably a couple weight classes up over her. Yes. She, yes. Uh, she was just ready to take it. So and she, she was going to die. But, yeah. She's, she's definitely going to die, but um, the ogre, it swings at her and it gets a lore's folly. And its weapon gets stuck into the ground. Yes. And me Carvin just hit that out of pure, you know, cockiness. So, but, um, <laughs> so that so that's one of the things is that the dice themselves can can change the shape of the game. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Like he was saying, we have what's called singularities. There's um, if you have if you roll a one and then you roll a double one, that's called a lore's folly, and something very bad happens. Mm -hmm. But also you can roll a twelve and a double twelve, and that's called a vanner's delight, and then something great happens. And so, in combat, you're praying for that vanner's delight if you're rolling. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, that saved us more than once. Um, one time it, it brought a big, a big angel, <laughs> like 150 foot <laughs> angel on the field of battle and killed like, like 200 enemy. Um, and so now one of our characters is called Angel Friend because so many people saw that happen. Yep. Um, but yeah, just things like that. Yeah. That's cool. I, this is only funny for me, but you guys keep saying um, singularity. And we have a in one of our games we have a guy he's playing a character his name is Reggie and we have this thing called the singular Reggie and every time you say it I just I laugh a little bit to myself because you almost never hear that word and every time that we talk yeah. about it it's always that it's just yeah, it's a me thing <laughs> yeah no I got you that's that's pretty funny though yeah singular Reggie is that like his name or is that an ability he has 
His no, his name is Reggie, but like in the so it's a game called Day Tripper. So it's um, you know, sort of a reality hopping, you know, there's a multiverse and you know, there's dream worlds and all these different things. And our our character called Day Tripper. So we, you know, uh sort of blink out of existence here, wind up at another planet and you oh, know, wow. do whatever the mission oh, yeah. is. Mm-hmm. Um, but he has come to understand that there are Reggie's on all of these other multiverses. <laughs> yeah. So they just turn into like a whole thing. And yeah, that's hilarious. That's nice. <laughs> uh, that game, unfortunately, is on hold because life is complicated. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully we get back to it, but that's neither here or there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, maybe it might happen. Maybe it might not. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> um, so on, on the scale of crunch you know where where does Everlore lie from like uh you know rogue trader to you know like fiasco <laughs> oh when you say crunch what do you mean by that uh so uh, heavy mechanically um so like uh you know so like a lighter system would be the 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 system that powers day trippers is called core it's a single d6 you know it's a d6 system it's dice pools um the mechanics are fairly light and nimble were something like, you know, say Rogue Trader or, um, I mean, even fourth edition D&D, mm-hmm, heavy mm-hmm. crunch, like just yeah. tons and tons of yeah. information and roles and rules and yeah, I, all that kind I, of stuff. I'd say it's, it's probably, it's probably on the, the, the 60% heavy rules. Um, it does have a lot of proficiencies. And so proficiencies are basically how you, build your character out mm-hmm. and so um it, it it becomes simpler once you understand the proficiencies you know um but you know you do have to understand what you're doing yeah. and um yeah, yeah. you know we we broke combat down into two rounds to make it easier you have your character has apr so your actions per round you get to use half of those at the top and then half of those at the bottom mm-hmm. you know so so the idea is easy but then you know as your character gets more APR, your character can do more things with those APR, you know? Right. And so um, sometimes, you know, you know, I, I tell the guys, think about what you're going to do before you get to the action yeah. instead of, you know, you're watching everything else. And then it's like, Oh, now I'm going to have to think about what I'm going to do. <laughs> yeah, <know>? right. <laughs> um, and so that's, that's where, you know, sort of that crunch comes in. Um, but, once you understand it, like, you know, some of these guys, they can rattle off like, oh, we're going to do this spell and it's on page X and, you know, it's, it does this. And, you know, as guys do, you know, right, um, right. and so so you, you pick it up fairly quickly. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I, I, I downloaded the, you know, the the the, the free stuff, the preliminary, like, oh, yeah. you know, here's yeah, what yeah. doing kind of yeah. stuff. And I looked at the character sheet and I was like, okay. <laughs> it, <laughs> There's a lot the of derived sheet? things on here. <laughs> Yeah, the character sheet itself is intimidating, but you begin to realize fairly quickly as soon as you fill out the left side, the rest is just calculations just based on the left side. It yeah. helps you understand like what your character can do and when to do it and how to do it and that kind of thing. It looks intimidating, but as soon as you get into it, it feels great to use the character sheet. You know, the lore master might ask you to do a craft roll to see if you can put together, you know, two sticks to make a bonfire and then you quickly figure out the sheet and it's intimidating to set up and sometimes Dave and I have to go back to like make a character sheet for 
you know, a one shot. Mm. And mm. it's, you know, it's a bit of work to make a character just from scratch because you have to do the roles and stuff. But getting into the ebb and flow of it definitely makes it a lot easier. Well, essentially what I did when I was, you know, thinking about creating the character is I was thinking about how do, how are we in our, our real lives? You know, I, I believe that we're, we're born with certain abilities. So those are the traits. Mm-hmm. You know, as we grow up, just in the top left corner, as we grow up, we're naturally good at certain things just from everyday life. And so those are the aptitudes. And mm-hmm. then we go to school to learn. And so those are proficiencies. Mm-hmm. And so so on the character sheet, traits are the first thing you sort of lay in and then they inform everything else. So mm-hmm. traits, once you put in a number for traits um, and then that's why, like on our on our website, we have the fillable character sheet so once you put in the one number it's going to populate you know oh, nice. and so it starts to autofill a lot of those other blanks so you don't seem like you're putting in so much because right. you're just putting in the same number you yeah. know and so the the rest of it is you're adding on any personal investment that you've done or any enhancements from like magic or something like that but it basically all stems from the traits yeah okay nice um and and you do all the art, right, Dave? Or, or the majority of it, at least? I do, yeah. Um, I actually drew the shield once and posted it in the group chat. He does like 99% of the art. <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the upper one. It's all of the quality yes. coming from me. Well, I mean, <laughs> to, to, be, to be fair, I, I had always envisioned, you know, hiring artists, you know, hiring writers, hiring, you know, this, that, and the other, you know, but I didn't have the money, you know, yeah. and, and so... I, I knew that if it was going to be, you know, done, I had to do it. And so, um, so I just, I just started drawing and, you know, like I said, you know, they were what, he was nine or 10 when, mm-hmm. you know, so I've been drawing for eight, nine, 10 years yeah, on this and stuff. And you've gotten pretty good um, at it too. Yeah. You know, and it was just, it was just out of necessity. Um, and, and so, yes, I, I do all the artwork. I've done all of the design work. Um, and as, I can find artists, you know, I, I can work with people and, you know, I have a couple of people who submit art and things like that. Um, and, you know, hopefully we'll be able to bring in as we, you know, continue to be successful. Um, Cause I, you know, I envision a day when we have a team of people to do this. Right. Right. That's, that's always the dream, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Had, had you, you know, as things were, were getting close to being finished and you were playtesting and stuff like that, had you considered doing you know, Indiegogo or Kickstarter or anything like that? To... Um, yeah, I, I have a couple things is I, I'm a father, you know, I work full time and then I work on this full time. And so doing those things is also another full time job yeah, because yeah. then you have to promote them. And so it was just it was just a problem trying to figure all that out. Yeah. You know, plus I'd have to learn the technology for all of those. You know, and so that was just that was just tough. And then on top of those kind of things, you also have to give the people who are backing you, you know, some kind of guarantee that they're going to get a return on their investment, which with Everlore, you know, Dave and I are really confident that, you know, this is something that we can make into a real, you know, household name, you know, something that people will recognize. But we're but not at the certain. time we weren't. Yeah. Because yeah. we didn't have the books and stuff like that. Yeah. Because, you know, we're not certain when we'll be able to, you know, make it work, you know. And so 
we're very confident that we have a great product. You know, we have something amazing that people will love. It's just, we're not certain what goals we'll be able to hit and when people will see the, you know, fruit of our labor. <laughs> right. Right. And just some people watching, I don't know, my camera just freaked out. I don't know what's going on with my laptop. I'm here. <laughs> yeah, I saw that happen. I was kind of just going to skirt over it, but if you want to address that's, it. That's technology. You know, it is what it is. So then you get to see uh, Dave and I. That's here. right. Pretty boy Dave T. <laughs> Look at that. Look at that. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you, you didn't get kicked off the stream yourself, right? I think it might just be us here. I think it might be. So, Dave, how do you feel about your smashing success, Everlore? Well, um, I think we're still working on it. You right. Know? Um, so, so, okay, why why are you working on Everlore? Why am I working on Everlore? Yeah, I mean, this, this, is, this was my dream. Why mm -hmm. are you doing it? I'm here because you invited me to participate in your mm. dream. You know, I think one of the greatest things in, you know, the uh, the industry of entertainment is when people have a really great idea and they like center in on it, they hone on it, and then they hit it and like they hit it hard. Like they don't try to you know hit the bottom common denominator and you know appease to as many people as possible. They see their own dream and they pursue it and they you know they come up with an idea that they show to everybody and instead of trying to appeal to as many people as possible. They have such a great idea that people, everybody comes and flocks to it. And mm -hmm. I feel like Everlore can be one of those things yeah. where it's not pandering to any specific audience. It's just so good that it pulls people in. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I feel like you have a very good idea and you've been very ambitious for it. And the fact that I have the honor of being able to be on part of such a dedicated mm -hmm. crew with such a good idea it's it's a wonderful you know experience to have, and I wouldn't miss it for the world. I'm 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 looking forward to uh, introducing it at Origins, um, mm -hmm. but I'm 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 not gonna lie, I'm terrified. You know, <laughs> success. <laughs> Welcome back. Um, I had to close the browser with my name. And <laughs> oh man! But no, I was just I was just I, I was just saying you know. We're, we're going to be at Origins uh, this June, and I'm excited, but I'm terrified, mm -hmm. you know, because, um, yeah. you know, obviously I've never done this before, you know, and, that, and that's 20,000 people, mm -hmm. you know, and yes, I've, I believe the product is is good and, and all that, but, you know, at, at my core, I'm an introvert, <laughs> and <laughs> the idea of, you know, thousands and thousands of people walking by and me going, hello. <laughs> you know, it's got me freaked out a bit. It, it's not going to be just um, him. It'll be everybody yes, in the yeah, team saying, hello. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And we've been, we've been, um, they've been good. Uh, the organizer have been good about, you know, um, sort of, you know, answering some of my questions because we've been trying to make sure we get the products right. And, you know, we're trying to, um, you know, we're going to put stuff in the coupon book and stuff like that. And so uh, we're just trying to make sure that it's the best experience. You know, if you guys have any suggestions, um, you know, on what you would like to see, you know, please let us know. You can either, you know, mail us, uh, email us at manchild, um, uh, manchildltd at gmail.com. I know you're about to say or, the website name. Right? Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> or, um, or on um, Facebook at Everlore Game. Uh, we'd love to hear your feedback. You know, we're just trying to make sure that this is a good, positive experience for everybody. Um, so 
that's the pitch there. <laughs> nice. Now, are you running games or are you just doing a booth? Um, we okay. So here's the thing. I believe we're running games, but that's one of the questions that I have for them. Hmm. What I would like to do is I'd like to run games. Um, we have a couple one shots that we like to run, mm-hmm. but then also I want to spend um, have a couple sessions where we're just creating characters. You know, so people get experience of that. Um, but then also uh, we do this thing called Creature Creation Station mm-hmm. um, where, you know, we take one of my drawings and we sit down and we say, OK, what is this? You know, and so what I'd like to do is, you know, invite people to participate in that. You know, so um, so those are the sort of the three things that we'd like to do at our demo booth. Um, nice. You know, and so we but but I had to I had to work it out with them and, you know, figure out when we can do what. Um, but yeah, so the idea would be run games, do the character sheets, mm-hmm. just so everybody can see how mm-hmm. that is and how they can build any type of character they want. Yeah. You know, right. and then, you know, so they can get their hands on um, and just feel like they're a part of building out the new um, Monsters of Menagerie because those creatures that they are going to help us work on will go into the next volume of the Monsters of Menagerie. Nice. That's cool. That's really cool. Now, is there anything that I haven't asked that you guys want to talk about or anything you feel like we we've missed or maybe glossed over? No, I think, I think we've, we've covered it all. Um, yeah. You know, I just, I do want to thank you for giving us the opportunity, you know, and, and um, you know, the, the big thing I, I want to stress is that um, with, with Everlore, you know, it is about diversity and customization. Mm-hmm. Um, but the idea on that is it is addition and not subtraction. You know, when when I had a conversation um, before, and um, uh, it was it was on Facebook, and someone was saying, "Oh, well, you're against you know D and D and all this." I'm not against anything. You know, I'm just for everything. You yeah, know, and, yeah. and so that's that's the difference. And so that's what I want to get the message I want to get across. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, all the way. I think right, you you could not play D and D and still be a gamer, right? Like that's it. It's the elephant in the room. It's always going to be there. It's going to bring a lot of people in, but like it has its faults. Like, yeah, 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 no, all the way. There's nothing wrong with some healthy competition. If somebody executes something and you think you can do it better, you're free to do so. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. I mean, we, we played a very short, uh, campaign for D and D, and then that fell apart. And I was on another podcast, two other podcasts doing D and D, and it's fine, right? But like, we don't play normal, right? Like, yeah. it doesn't. Yeah. You know, we we just tell our own stories, and it just yeah, happens yeah. to be D and D because it does combat really well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. And you could do other things, but like, it does combat really well. <laughs> That's yeah. what it does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, whatever. I think one of the questions I was hoping to get asked was about our personal campaign and how that's coming along so far. Because I think we have a really interesting cast of characters, don't you? I do, but uh, fill them in if you'd like. Oh, yeah. uh, yeah. So Dave earlier was talking about our group named Wahuru, which is the Liberators. And um, I think we have a really, we have a pretty dope group of characters. would you like to tell them about Matatopa first, since you know you're the main creator of Everlore? Well, okay, Matatopa is um, an Elon, and he is um, from the Zulu Nation, and um, the Zulu Nation was created. Um, basically, they were uh, escaped slaves from Gathremen, and so the the nation was created 
through the aid of uh, warriors from Chaoyuxin. And so he has a close tie with Chaoyuxin. And so um, so he and his two sons were traveling um, and they encountered some of the other members of Wahuru. And um, Manitoba is big on, you know, making sure that nobody's enslaved. And, and he, has a, he has a moral compass thinking, and basically he feels like the world has fallen. And, you know, it's his duty to build it up. Um, and so um, that often, you know, has some butting heads with others of the group. <laughs> yeah. um, and so we we have um, Reaper, who is um, basically, you know, thief. He's in it for, you know, for the, go- for the gold. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, Balok is a young warrior from Chayuk Sin. Uh, they are both halflings. Mm-hmm. Um, we have uh, Stitch, who is a Vlel, who everybody loves him. <laughs> yeah, um, no, everybody who tunes yes. in to the Twitch chat, they'll... Yes, you know, they'll give up as many bits as they can just to, you know, make sure he stays alive during a fight. Yes, he's he's played by my older brother. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, and it's great to have him on there. Um, but, I, you know, I think his character is, is not as good as my topa. Um, <laughs> and uh, there's Vondra, who is a Rorgan. So he's a he's a half dragon. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, there is Nikarvwin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. So Nikarvwin, uh she comes, uh, she's based a little bit on the history of Caliph, my first character. As you can tell, he's uh, dead if you uh, didn't He was earlier. my son who <laughs> he, made a very stupid mistake. Yeah, silly mistake. Yes. Caliph's... Uh, His father did not teach him that. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Caliph was adopted by uh, Maratopa. And, uh, you know, he was just an Elon Tunneler, the one I was talking about earlier. He had to help Maratopa through a lot of big spooky caves because they were overhead. Elons have a fear of claustrophobia, and uh, me, uh, Caliph didn't because he was an Elon tunneler. You know, tunnelers mm-hmm. they fit in the caves and stuff, so they don't worry about that kind of you know tight space. But um, he was a monk kind of character. You know, lots of fists. You know, equal balance of spell and you know fighting that kind of thing. He right. died when he picked up a weapon that caused him to become mind controlled, and um. He was shot to death by Rastillion. I still don't think anybody gives Rastillion enough flack for that. That's a, that's Davy's character. But um, yeah. after Caliph's body was combined with the soul that uh, Stitch had brought, it uh, it created yes, that created Nikarvwin. Yeah, that created Nikarvwin, who is my current character. You know, she mm-hmm. uh, she's a very front heavy, you know, character warrior, heavy armor, that kind of deal. She's uh. She considers herself the uh, granddaughter of Matatopa, but um, Matatopa still has yet He's to... He's still not feeling her just yet. Yeah, <laughs> you know, he'll get around to it one way or another. It's, like, uh, it's, well, it's very nice to funny put because... Character uh, in that way. To, 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 to be able to blend your, your former character, bring that story in, to, to bring in a new character. That's that's a nice way to do it. Oh, yeah. No, it was a, it was a really great idea on Dave's behalf to, uh, you know, create somebody who's like shades of Caliph, the original character, because Caliph's belief was that like, no matter what, he wants to protect his party. So that way nobody has to undergo the pain. And, you know, he would do that by like, you know, knocking blows away from enemies. Nikarvwin is, you know, the same kind of deal, but she does it a much different way. You know, instead of Mm. being a monk, she's a knight, you know, kind of like a warrior. And so her whole deal is instead of knocking the blows away from people, she'll just take the blows herself by going in headstrong. Well, and and the thing was that was that was actually an emotional death 
because oh, yeah. it was the, it was the first death of a character in a long time. And it, it happened at a time where we were all a little raw, you know, and so we all felt the sort of way about it. Plus, it had been building up like I had been building up the 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 story for a while. And so that was like the big boss. Mm-hmm. And so um, so when that happened, it wasn't supposed to play out that way. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but but it, was, it was cool because in that same episode, um. Matatopa avenged him when everybody else was gone, you know, everybody else mm-hmm. had left and it was just Matatopa and this guy who would have been able to kill Matatopa, except the roles happened, you mm-hmm. know? And yeah, so, yeah. Um, but then, so yeah. So because of the situation, you know, we wanted to make sure that we treated, um, you know, his character, right. Um, and, you know, he did lose a lot of EP and, you know, yeah, but I lost out um, on <laughs> cause you know, <laughs> Uh, but but we were able to bring some elements of that back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and it, you know, there there should always be like the, at least the threat of death, right? Like, because if everything yeah. always succeeds yeah. and yeah. you know everything's always happy or whatever, yeah. like then there's no like then what's the point, right? Like it's yeah. so fun to yeah. get together, yeah. you know, you're having a good time, but like those moments then become so much more poignant if you know you're playing for all this time and then something happens and and. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's just a bad role, or maybe it was a bad decision, or a combination of two things. But oh, like, then that has more value and more more yeah. poignance and more, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it should always be there. And and sometimes I even, you know, will do it where it's not maybe a death, but you know, I might allow somebody to steal something that you thought was very valuable. You know, just different things like that. Yeah. You know, that just lets you know, yeah, you know, real things can happen here. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. I've had both of those things happen. Death and <laughs> my plus four speed amulet got taken. I wonder who let that happen. Yeah, but um, yeah. yeah, no, I think one of the most like things that made Wahoo really realize their value was when I think it was that same episode or the one before everybody was shown their possible fate. And Caliph's mm. was that he grew to be like 42 feet tall and he like ripped off the wings of this zombie dragon in front of his army of, you know, warrior monks by this castle wall. And he put them into different dimensions of snow and ice. And later that was when he died. And so it, <laughs> it kind of showed Wahuru that, you know, your your potential is up to here, but the threat is also up there, you know? And so it's like, you're able to be strong, but you have to persevere through it. Yes. Yeah. Nice, nice. Still really miss out on killing the zombie dragon. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like a great game. Um, It it sounds like you guys are having a a good time. Like I said, I don't normally get to watch streams. I just I'm always doing something, but I but I definitely check it out because it it does sound like a very rich world. Sounds like a fun game table. Um, Sounds like you guys are telling great stories. So I definitely want to you know try to swing in and and check it out. What days you guys normally record for those who are checking this out later well we have a stream on monday which is essence of every lord mm-hmm. which is from 6:50 to 9 and that's with a group where uh uriah lore masters for uh not me and dave and then we have a group thursday and, which is hold on. and that one is at twitch.tv forward slash essence of Everlore. Um, and then ours is Evermore with Everlore. And that airs from thir- on Thursdays from 6.50 to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And that's at twitch.tv forward slash, ever- <clears throat> forward slash <laughs> Everlore game. Yeah, that's cool. why I... I, I yeah. <laughs> 
I'll go back um, and throw a link in the show notes. There's a link for the for the website and, and okay, I think great, Twitter great. and mm-hmm. all that stuff. But I'll go back at the Twitch link. Somebody, you know, just yeah. is impetuous enough to click on it and then they want to save it. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Cool. All right. I, thank you guys for coming on. This was uh, this was a ton of fun. I'm I'm glad that you uh, had reached out to me. Um, it had been a while since I've done this, so I was a little you know, had a little bit of trepidation coming in. Oh, trust, trust. Yeah. We, we feel it. We, we, it's all good. We're on the same wavelength. Don't even worry. Yeah, no, thank you so much for hosting us. It's I was like, a- Anthony, do I look pretty enough? Yeah. <laughs> well, it says I on a t-shirt, right? right? <laughs> yeah, I realized only right at the start that I'm like half your size, even when I'm sitting down. So I like, you know, I was kind I of give a couple of books. Your game takes up like half my, you know, body space here on the screen. But um, it's it's all good. It was a grand time. Thank you so much for having us. Nice. No, absolutely. Um, I'm going to cut into a commercial here. Um, we have coffee for sale. If you are a coffee aficionado, you go to tinyurl.com forward slash legendary brew. We have a nice, easy drinking medium roast roasted. I would say by our own GM, Neil, but Neil hasn't jammed the game in a while, but like he's still our Neil. So mm-hmm. go ahead and order coffee. It's um, shipping is always free. If you use code legends, 10, you'll get 10% off your order. Um, it's really great stuff. I put an order in today cause I ran out. I bought something else. It's God awful. I just <laughs> want to just throw the bag out, but it wasn't cheap. So I'm stuck drinking that until it comes in, but coffee reviews, you know, all the things, um, check out Everlore as well. Check over their, their Twitch stream. I will add a link in the show notes for that as well. Uh, sounds like a great game. Thanks again, uh, you guys, for coming on. It was a lot of fun, and um, I wish you guys a lot of luck. Thanks for having us. We appreciate yeah. it. No, peace out. Absolutely. Man. Cool. Thanks. This podcast is a proud member of the Legends of Tabletop broadcast network. For more gaming-related content, please visit www.legendsoftabletop.com.